Welcome everyone to another episode of Free Basketball. I am your host, Ryan Meadows, and I am joined once again by my co-host, fellow compatriots, 4th of July Dayers, one Mr. Daniel Greer. What up? And Mr. Cody Holsey himself. Howdy. How- <laughs> Very spirited for the holidays, I see. Howdy! <laughs> Well, we How's are back. doing? We are here to talk about... Now, last episode, we talked about the NBA being back. Some stuff has happened since then. Who would have thought? Some stuff. Namely, that they dropped the actual remaining regular season games. Mm. So uh-huh. we're going to talk... NBA schedule. So we're going to have, I'm sure, a lot of unwarranted, terrible opinions about the regular season schedule. And... Fortunately for you, you get to hear them. So here we go. All right, let's talk about this regular season resumption here. Mm. The first games we have learned that are going to be played on July 30th, opening night. We get two games on TNT. It's the Utah Jazz versus the Pelicans, and then it's the Clippers at the Lakers. So what a really strong start to this restart to the season. Anybody super excited about the actual format that the NBA did for this? Yeah, a lot of basketball. Yeah, lots of basketball. I'm not mad. (laughs) It's going to be like March Madness style. Like They said there's a maximum of seven games per day, starting at noon, you know, Ending the, I mean, starting the last game at 9 p.m. And they're going to be Central? played on, on three, Eastern actually, on oh. three different courts, and two of them are nationally televised games. Yep. So are you ready for the March Madness that we missed with the restart with an NBA season, Cody? Yes, I am. I am. This is like, like just looking at the schedule, it looks like it's going to be like the winter, like the month of like January. When the game, when there's like games all the time, and so like every Wednesday, like Wednesday and Friday is NBA on ESPN. Tuesday and Thursday is the NBA on TNT, and then you have like a, I guess after football season, so you have like the Sunday games or the Saturday games on ABC or whatever it is. So like basically every day of the week, there's a basketball game. I can't wait. This is going to be fantastic. It's just my, it's my dream. Yeah, now Daniel, these games are basically, I mean, it's eight games over like 13 to 15 days. Yes. You have Sounds... been you have been the guy out front and center about injuries on this restart. Yep. Does this concern you at all? Um, I think that you'll see some injuries in uh this especially because it all will be shoved into a small time frame. But I don't think it's going to be anything crazy because they're allowing these guys to kind of get their bodies back to what normal, as close to normal as what they could hope for. So I think these these guys who have been undercover playing together in rich people's places other than themselves in their own courts at their own houses, but getting together, um, I think that they'll be okay moving forward. I don't think we'll have just anything crazy outlandish injuries but who's to know I, I don't think that that'd be so hard to predict but i think they're going to be okay now unfortunately we have to talk about this a little bit because there have been some positive cases recently but since the nba has 
they've tested everyone it seems like and i can't remember the exact number but i feel like it's like 15 16, 16 okay 16 16 players okay. tested positive for covid-19 right. um as we start we knew this was going to happen when they started testing everybody there were going to be positive players and obviously now they're self quarantining but are we worried about the bubble now because it felt no. like we had so much momentum with the NBA is back after we aired that episode. It did not feel as exciting the next two weeks as people started to come out with players not wanting to play it because of social reform. They won, you know, they thought it distracted from that. The, also the pandemic with the second wave, it seems to have kind of diminished the NBA coming back. I mean, is there fear for you, Cody, that, there is in any way, shape, or form that this could be just a shell of what it could have been. Um, I mean, there's always that possibility. I mean, like three days from now, the whole we could all be stuck in our houses again. You never know what's going to happen. But I don't know. I think like the NBA is kind of like committed to just like the show's got to go on. They're treating it like basically you know unless like all the players start to get it they're going to treat it like a sprained ankle or like a you know torn rotator cuff you're just out right you know sorry you have you have coronavirus you're out you know that's a minimum two-week injury like at least at the very least you know the full timetable on that right yeah isn't that like a wild gambling aspect of this because you still quarantine for what 14 days or something like that i think they said at least seven you can miss the whole you can miss the whole season yeah this thing's 14 days like if you get in the game two on one of these teams trying to make that final you know last playoff spot the nba's push (laughs) for for new orleans into the playoff could be derailed by by zion ordering like a i don't know it'll be derailed the first game when they get beat by utah night come on (laughs) Okay, so I I feel like this is why we're recording this episode, because we wanted to actually do our skepticism on what the schedule will look like, and, or I guess, the results of what this schedule will look like. So let's just talk, let's let's do the bulk of our time with this. Obviously, we want to focus more on the, the local scene, right? The Memphis Grizzlies. Yes. Now going sure. into now going into this, the Grizzlies last what sixteen, eighteen games were just murderous row of games, and the Pelicans, who had a killer beginning of the season, had a very soft end of the season. Well, now right. as this kind of schedule has shook out, the Grizzlies still have an ultimate. They have a super tough schedule. The Blazers have a tough schedule. The Pelicans have the easiest schedule compared to winning percentages, but that still doesn't mean much obviously uh, no. Daniel your first reaction to the schedule that they brought out the thing I noticed is that when we talked about before what the next eight games would look like New Orleans was supposed to play Memphis twice on a back-to-back and right. now they're only playing New Orleans once which I think is kind of interesting on a so, back-to-back your thoughts on them taking New Orleans out of that back-to-back and the overall, what you think of the Grizzlies' next eight games here? Yeah, so I think what they did is obviously they had them on a back-to-back, and that's fine. But they put, they made sure they put the Pelicans against the Grizzlies 
the next day after the game. So obviously, I think from what I understand, looking at everybody's schedule, every team has uh, a back-to-back. Uh, right. So if they play one night, they play the next night. Uh, so they put the the Grizzlies against the Pelicans the only time they play on that second half of that back-to-back. So it's like, all right, so are you continuously just going to just show all your cards as the NBA and say, hey, we are trying to screw the Grizzlies. We are trying to uh, to help Zion get and make the playoffs as best as we possibly can. So any way possible, we're trying to help them out. So, yes, they did get were given the easiest schedule because they already had the easiest schedule. The Grizzlies were given the fifth toughest schedule. So, in the end, I feel like it's a toss-up. Um, it's not that big a deal. As NBA players, getting back after a, a, a game the night, the day before or night before, I don't think that's the craziest thing, especially when you're, there's no travel involved. I think that's actually going to be an easy turnaround. But um, I, I don't see anything wrong with the schedule, uh, per se. I, I think what they try to do is not double up games. So every so if you had let's say the the Grizzlies were supposed to play Toronto twice and were supposed to play the Pelicans twice, they only went to play each team once against each other. So there weren't the same continual uh, teams playing each other just for those eight games because we're going to have a lot of that during the playoffs. So I I think it's an okay way that they uh that they I guess made sense out of all this. Now, before I talk about the actual schedule, I'll list off the games here. I do think it's kind of fun that the first uh, the first of two primetime games that the Grizzlies are going to have during this thing is on ESPN, that game against New Orleans. So the NBA knows what it's doing. They're not dumb. Right, but right. the first game is at Portland, kind of a mid-afternoon game, 4 p.m. Then they play the Spurs. Then the back-to-back, like you said, with the Pelicans. Then they got the Jazz, the Thunder, the Raptors, the Celtics, and they end with Milwaukee. Now, I know there is a tougher win percentage, quote-unquote, schedule out there for some teams. Another one being Portland. But Cody, I mean, if you were trying to get that eight-seed playing game, this is the schedule you want the Grizzlies to have, right? I mean, yeah, this is exactly the schedule that you would want to give the Grizzlies if you're trying to get to that play-in game. Like, And I definitely think it's in the NBA's best interest to have those play-in games so they can make as much money as possible from all of the basketball that can be played. So I just think that the Grizzlies and the Pelicans are probably going to end up in that play-in game together. I just – I don't know. The Grizzlies could surprise me and they could just, like, be world beaters through the whole thing. You could, we'll not, we, we'll, we will see. Well, there's three teams that are already within that four-game threshold. I mean, Portland, New Orleans, and the and Sacramento Kings. They're already so if they're all within have. that. So if they're already do, within do that, like see, the, Let me ask you a different question. Do you see the Grizzlies extending that to where we don't have a play-in? No, I don't. But do you think that if all three of them are at the same spot, that they would just play a big game of like twenty-one? <laughs> With like twenty players 20 on the court, <laughs> yeah. four talk, different. So you want to talk about the opposite courts. of social distancing? Yeah, they did. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how they would solve this? Or surely they would go to tiebreakers? I've heard something about herd immunity, and that's probably what you do with it. But Daniel, that's what they I would mean, do with it. They would just do herd immunity. That's the. Is this? Are they playing Survivor? <laughs> yeah. 
Who can make the fire out of nothing? Who has? So who's going to win the herd immunity challenge? Is what I'm trying to figure out right now. So Daniel, your same kind of thoughts here. I mean, it's fair, right? The schedule is fair, but I'll ask you the question. Do you think the Grizzlies can extend past four games and just lock the eight seed up outright? So because they all kind of play each other, uh, in a sense, uh, I think each one of them who's in that group of four, they all play each other somehow, some way. Obviously, the Grizzlies don't play Sacramento, but they've also played them a lot during the season. But for the most part, everybody plays each other. It's going to be hard to extend your lead a game on that many teams. If it was just one team, such as you know the Pelicans, I think there's more potential to try to extend your the lead one game or a half game. At this point, obviously, it has to be a full game. But to extend the lead against one team is fine. But against three others, it's going to be very tough. So I think that there will be a play-in game for sure. Uh, but I think that there is potential that um, whoever they get – it will be tough for them to beat the Grizzlies in two games. Now, let me ask you this. Of the three teams that could be in this, which one would you prefer the Grizzlies to play in that play-in? Portland. Portland, Anybody, okay. Anytime, anywhere. Yes. Cody, you're, you say bring them all on, huh? Yeah. Form a super team from game all of three teams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, actually, I actually thought the Grizzlies would want to play the Kings, right? Wouldn't no, you think they'd want to play no. them? Dude, De'Aaron Fox is not friendly to Mr. Morant. I love Mr. De'Aaron Fox. Meet speed with speed, baby. Yeah, well. Yeah, well, I would rather – I thought you were a Grizzlies fan. I am. Exactly. I just love De'Aaron yeah. Fox. Okay, so walk it back. You Take know, off I your lo- mask. Look, I can love, Reveal yourself. I can love yeah. other players. I didn't realize I couldn't like other players. It was you the whole time, old man Carruthers. <laughs> <laughs> now, talking about the Kings – the Kings are kind of the dark horse in this whole situation, right? They they're the Very team that no so. one talks about, but they're probably the most the most dangerous to take yeah. the eighth seed, I would think. Now, of course they have things against them, namely being their coach, but this schedule is pretty easy. I mean, they get two games talk about the two games against the Pelicans that are humongous. Like the Kings have two games against the Pelicans. That could swing this. Wow. They play yeah. the Spurs once. The little note I have about the Spurs is LaMarcus Aldridge is out. He's right. not playing. Yep. So that's like the Spurs were only a game and a half or a game out from being under the four-game threshold, but I don't see how the Spurs win a game. Now, I'm sure they will, maybe one or two, yeah. but I, I could see the Spurs doing like one of these tank jobs that we talked about in the previous episode, but – Towards the end of the eight games for the Kings, if they start out strong, they finish with Rockets and Lakers, who might already be set in the spots that they are and not playing anybody, right? So let me just give you what the Kings have. They start the Spurs, Mavs, Nets. Not unrealistic that they could go 2-1, and one, right? Then they get Pelicans, Magic Pelicans, if they split that game, I mean, you're talking what four and two, and if Rockets and Lakers are sitting, I mean, that's six and two. I, do you think the Kings are really that kind of team to be able to go six and two, Cody? In this, to win anything, you need a little bit of luck, and I feel like that, you know, maybe, maybe it could. It just depends on 
like I, I'm really interested to see what shape all these teams are in. Like I don't trust that all these guys have been in sh- like been working out. Like right. So I think really what it'll come down to is like what guys stayed working through this whole period of time off and who just kind of sat around and you know did what you and I do during a quarantine <laughs> or like who was active. So like that, I think is the biggest thing. Like it'll just come down to what teams are in shape. Like the teams that are in the best shape. Those are the teams that are going to make it like that are going to do the best in this little regular season because the teams that aren't in shape are going to be playing themselves into shape and probably getting their ass kicked by teams that are in shape. So I know right. we mentioned this, mentioned this on the last pod, but we kind of thought that maybe veterans would have a leg up on this kind of restart. I mean, do we still believe that after this couple weeks? Why would they have a leg up? Just because they're veterans, they know how to, you know, stay in shape, keep their body ready. Would oh they yeah, be back I mean, like faster? guys that are like guys not... that are in like routine, like that just do that all the time, are going to definitely be better off than. Because you've got eight games in fourteen days, like sixteen days, you're playing, or fifteen days, you're playing every other day. Is that an yeah. advantage for an older team or a younger team? I've, that's an advantage for a younger team for sure. You think so? Oh, yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, like, an older person can keep themselves in shape as much as they want. But, like, eventually, like, you're playing every other day. Like, your body's going to – you're just going to be worn out. So, Daniel, now about the quality of these games, what do you think we're going to see quality-wise? Are we going to get actually good basketball? Are we going to have a lot of early bench subbing to give guys more rest? Or – what do you think we're going to get basketball quality wise? You know, I don't know. I was, um, I'm kind of just stuck in the middle because I feel like these games could be amazing because they're going to be like lot and, and don't take this the wrong way, but like locked up animals just ready to get out and play because we've all been in quarantine. You know, they're then they're going to be there. Like we've all been here quarantine. We're all they're going to be there and. Orlando quarantined because they're all having to beat each other. They're going to be so raring to go and get out on the court and play against another team other than their friends that I think that they're going to come out and I think we could get really sloppy basketball early, but I think the basketball is going to be very competitive. And so I think that these guys will come out of the gates raring to go. So for I'll ask both of you this. I want to hear both your answers anyway. So, this is set up to be the most competitive 14 days of basketball we've ever seen, right? I would think so. Yes. I agree. So you think this is going to be super competitive out from the gate? We're going to have fights. People are going to be there's gonna, grill. I don't know there's going to be Beverly, fights. Patrick Beverly is going to be on another level. Like he's Patrick, been no, saving up trash talk for three months. Now he's... No, the trash talk will be amazing, yes. But no, yeah, I don't think there's... Cool. The, I don't think these guys are going to be looking to get in fights because the top, let's say six, if not five of these conferences, if they lose, they lose. It's probably not that big of a deal because they're just wanting to make sure they're getting themselves. They're making sure the teams. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's nothing to really play for seating wise besides maybe jockeying to get into a different spot to play a different team. So the games for the top five or so, aren't going to really matter as much as they normally would. So because they know there's only so many games left. So I don't think you want to play a top tier 
I guess, level team early. But I think playing them late isn't that big of a deal, such as the Grizzlies have Milwaukee last. I don't know if that's such a bad draw because, yes, you do have one of the top teams, obviously top overall um, record, but I don't know if they're playing Giannis in that game. If they are, they're getting him out, letting him play, you know, 10 minutes first quarter or so, and then maybe not come back for a while. Yeah, if, Gian- if at all. Giannis already only plays like 30 minutes a game, anyways. Like, yeah. <laughs> this could be where he plays like 20 to 22. Like, yeah. It just might be that scenario. But before we right. move on the to. Stats will just keep going up. Before we move on to a little playoff seeding thing, I want to talk about what's the magic number for the Grizzlies to retain the eighth? How many wins will it take? 26. <laughs> I. I think they would need to get at least six. Six, six to six. retain eight? Correct. No, no, no. Yes. To, to, to not allow them to have that playoff, that extra sudden death playoff game. Okay. So six need, is the number. They need to go six and two to not have the play-in. If they, if they win two games, they'll still be in eighth. I think. Is there a risk that – if they start slowly and poorly, and God forbid someone contracts anything, that they get overtaken, and they're yeah. the ones playing the ninth. They're the ninth seed, having to win two in a row. It's in play, right? Yeah, it's going to be tough. Very but ha- tough. how? They have to win. There's a four game difference because it's the half game. So realistically, that half game is big in this in this scenario. So in that scenario, they would have to go worst case scenario. What? Two and six? If yeah. If they go two and six, that four games, man, they'd have to yeah. So it's gonna be tough. As long as they go three and five, right, they're still in the play at no matter what. We would think. For sure. For sure. And you gotta understand, these other teams, they're five hundred teams for a reason. Plus they're playing against each other. And so usually, like for example, the Kings and the Pelicans, they're probably gonna split their game their games. I would think, because usually that's what happens in the NBA, not because in this scenario it's a little different, but that's what happens a lot of times, especially Zion. Everybody wants to prop him up to be amazing. The dude's 500 as an NBA player. So all these teams are five or actually below 500 for a reason. So I expect these teams to go three and, you know, three and five, four and four, or maybe five and three at the most. I think they're going to be right around there. I don't think I don't. You won't see anybody win six games. So you think everyone's going to kind of be in the three to five range? No one's just going to be eight and zero, oh, seven and one. A hundred percent. Interesting, Cody. Do you have the same thinking on that? I don't think it. Like I. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> I would agree with Daniel. Yeah. Like I think like six is probably the number. Where they don't have to play in the play-in. Yes. <laughs> you can go back to sleep. <laughs> I'm not asleep. <laughs> Let's talk about... Now, I do want to talk about... I don't know if it really matters. doesn't seem like it matters too much to Danny Wayne here. But the actual seeding among the higher seeds. Uh, because the Lakers are obviously pretty much got one wrapped up. Milwaukee basically has the one seed wrapped up. But then you get a weird scenario from East and West on seeds, especially in the East. Two and three are up for grabs. There's a three-game difference between the Raptors and Boston. And in the West, seeds two through seven 
there is a four game difference between those. Are you interested at all how the seeding will play out in the West? We know the Clippers want to stay the two seed. The Nuggets are right on their tail one game behind. I mean, is any of that intriguing to you at all? Or do you just not care? You want We want the Grizzlies to be in. Let's just have the playoffs. Well, I think it matters to me because I think that'll be good basketball at times. I just think that these teams will care early, and you'll see that, and then it'll kind of die off a little bit once they realize we would have to play really bad to lose this spot. We're comfortable in this spot, if that makes sense. So I think you'll see early, yes, but I think it'll tail off closer towards – game six to eight so if the clippers say they drop to the three seed cody do you think that's just an absolute disaster for them to have to play um i'm sorry not the three seed but what if they happen to drop to the The four four? seed is that an absolute disaster if they fall to the four seed and have to play the lakers second round or do you think they care get them out of the way early might as well get them out of the way early is that that, some, that's a, that's the NBA's worst case scenario, right? That they play in the second. Yeah, round, I think so. But like, yeah, no, I think so. But I mean, like, ultimately, like, you're gonna have like my thing is with with any tournament or anything like that. Like, you're gonna have to play them eventually. That team that you don't want to play, probably. Right. So you might as well just play them whenever and just get it over with. Yeah. Because like, but... also, if you have to play a team like that, like you beat them in like the second round, like that looks so much better for you. Like, think about that. If the Clippers beat the Lakers in the second round, then, like, the Lakers couldn't get out of the second round of the playoffs. It doesn't matter that they lost, like, a Clippers team that was absolutely loaded. Right. It's just the Lakers didn't make it out of the second round of the playoffs with AD and LeBron. I got a a question to piggyback off of that for both of you guys. Uh, Whoever wants to go first. You know what? I'm going to put this in your court, Ryan. (laughs) Pick a team from East... (laughs) And West, what team would you pinpoint that you could see dropping from their from their position in their conference right now? And that and take out uh take out the people that haven't clinched. So Brooklyn, Orlando, and Memphis, um, and I guess Dallas as well because they haven't allowed them to clinch because seven and eight are both available. So the top six seeds in both conferences, who do you think could drop, or who would you say you think they're going to drop if there was anybody? I would say if they were dropping like to the seventh seed, I would say the team in the West most likely to do that on this restart is the Utah Jazz. Hmm. I think the Utah Jazz could easily fall from four to seven very easily and set up a pretty rough first round matchup against the Clippers for the Clippers. Now in the East, there's not really one that – I don't know if it's detrimental if they drop. I think that the 76ers would want to move up. So there's no East team where I'm like, if they fall one spot, that's like the end of them. Where it's like in the West. Like that's a terrible matchup for the Jazz. If they drop down to seven instead of, you know, playing the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah. So the East, I think it's more of a toss-up. I think it's more important in the East for the 76ers to jump up a couple spots, help themselves with seeding. But in the West, I definitely think the Jazz are the ones that are in danger here. I would agree with Ryan on the Jazz. In the East, I've had a couple thoughts about this. 
my thought would actually be with the uh, the Celtics possibly dropping in the East just because they're a younger team. I mean, obviously a lot of those guys have been to the Eastern Conference Finals before, right? So, I mean, like there is some playoff experience there, but like just like this like kind of like microwave setting for basketball where they're just like everything's going to happen all at once. Um, I don't know how that's going to go for them. I do think it's interesting for the Celtics with Kemba being their star. This is kind of his real first playoff experience, right? Right. 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 Like this is going to put a big spotlight on him on if he's really that guy or not, right? Yep. If he doesn't come through, I mean, this could be an issue for the Celtics because they got him pretty much locked up. And if he shows evidence pretty early on that he's just not going to be that guy in these situations – where do the Celtics really go, you know? Is it really on Jason Tatum to emerge and Jalen Brown to carry? And Kemba's like right. the third score end up instead of being, you know, their number one or number two? That's the kind of interesting caveat I'm kind of waiting to see with a lot of these teams. The same with the Raptors with, like, Pascal Siakam. Like, last year he had yeah. Kawhi to kind of hide, and they had Danny Green, you know, my favorite role piece of all time for championship team. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now he's on his own. Like, it's him or bust. Like, it's when we get to the playoffs, not saying it's going to happen, but are the Nets going to give them a run for their money? I mean, they'll win, obviously, but oh, if oh, oh. Siakam disappears, <laughs> are the Nets going to scare anybody? You know? Yeah. That's, yeah. Or is it no, set that's... up for the 76ers to knock off the Raptors in the next round? If they say in the sixth spot? I don't know. I think it's going to be a Raptors Bucks Eastern Conference Finals. Really? You think it's a repeat from last year? Wow. Daniel, would you wow. agree with that? Man, I, I don't see how that. I, I'm not sure Toronto makes that leap again. And I've been on Toronto this whole time, but I, I just don't see how they get back up there. I, I don't think they're. I don't think they're deep enough realistically to get. You back just sound there. like you're worried about all that weight Marcus all lost. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, maybe he gets pushed around a little bit. I'm glad you brought this <laughs> up, Cody, because I did want favorites. Who should be? Who's going to be in the finals, Eastern Western Conference Finals? So, you think it's going to be Raptors Bucks repeat? Yeah. Wow, Daniel, do you think the Bucks making it again, or do yeah, you have I, something funky happening? Because I have something funky happening. Okay. Well, I see. It's definitely. I think Milwaukee is is there because they have the guy who. It's kind of a cheat code in himself. Um, who knows what he's been doing, you know, in quarantine. He could he's have been learning fi- to play the guitar. He could <laughs> he could have figured out a three point shot as well. So um but no, I, I see I think Boston makes the jump here. And mm. I um I, I think I think they definitely have a chance to uh jump in and maybe challenge them. Because I I think they match up pretty well with Toronto and Miami. But even though I think Miami's overrated, uh, I'm mine. I'm getting really weird in the East because I think something weird is going to happen. Okay. I think the 76ers will make the Eastern Conference Finals. Wow! Just from just goofy stuff happening, and yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be versus the Miami Heat. Wow, they're so overrated. Get out of here. And that's because something funky is going to happen. It's not going to go chalk. At least I don't think. I have something something weird in the West for y'all. 
something weird is going to happen in this playoffs, and it's not going to be expected at all, and it's going to call in the legitimacy of this playoffs. Mm. Something call into question the legitimacy. There you go. Call into question the legitimacy <laughs> of this playoffs. So that's mine in the East. Daniel, what do you have in the West? All right, so I for sure have the Clippers. I think that they're um, they just added Joakim Noah, and I'm Ooh. very big on him. And so yeah. I think that he'll kind of add and he's know, a Gator, add stability <laughs> to <laughs> to that team and that bench unit. Um, but what I wouldn't be shocked is to see some team like Oklahoma City. Mm. Uh, go and challenge. There mm. obviously would have to be some change Ooh. into this. Cody's uh, mad. They see, but took my that, take. Cody is mad. I could tell that immediately on his face. Ooh. This is awkward. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say that uh, the doubt. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, no, I think the West is going to be what the NBA wants all along. They're not going to let this not be this. It's always been and always will be Lakers versus Clippers. I just don't mm. think it's going to change in the West. I don't. It's going to be – I'll tell you what's going to be right now. And this is the most, like, thing that's – This is you'll understand why I say this when I get done. It's going to be the Lakers and the Thunder. Oh, wow. In the Western Conference Finals. And this is why. Because the most Chris Paul thing of all time would be to make it to the NBA Finals or something like that in this year where people would be like, eh, it doesn't really count. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good point. I shouldn't have thought of that. That's a good that point. That would be the I most like Chris point. Paul thing ever. It would be very unfortunately fitting if he won the, the Finals this year amidst, he gets like a you finals said, MVP. the questionable year. He gets a Finals MVP in a bubble. <laughs> And takes that $40 million to the bank with his ring. To the Uh, bank. Now, championship matchup, I think it's going to be Clippers versus 76ers with the Clippers winning it all. So I I got a lot of faith in the 76ers who deserve no faith Sounds like you have a lot of faith in the Clippers. I got a lot of faith (laughs) in the Clippers too. Clippers, I just think, are the best team. I had a lot of questions about them, but in this kind of truncated – Season, I'm going Clippers, 76ers, Clippers, the NBA champion for 2020 season. Cody? I'm going to go with um, the Lakers. It's been Who's my team. from the East? What? Oh, from the East? The Lakers Who's, are what's your finals matchup? My finals matchup is the Lakers and the Bucks. It's Lakers and be, the Bucks. It's going to be the old king versus the young king. Giannis and LeBron. <laughs> Who wins King that? James matchup? versus the NIV. Who wins that? Uh, that's gonna be the Lakers, big dog. Lakers win championship, Daniel. Because what the old king knows that the young king doesn't is to bring back up, and LeBron shows up with AD, and that makes the difference. <laughs> wow, two very different playing styles. That would be a super interesting finals. Mm-hmm. Daniel, finish us out here. Yep, so I have the uh, the Clippers in the Bucks, so we're all kind of bidding around the same bush here, but I think I will take the Clippers. Find different um, bushes to beat around. Because <laughs> I... Wow. Uh, we're back. I, I'll we're ta- back, I'll easily, take, I'll easily take the Clippers, just because I think they're deeper, um, and I think they'll, they'll be able to handle and put enough guys on Giannis to 
frustrate him enough, and I think they can uh, game plan against them. So I think it's easily the Clippers, and because the Lakers, uh, they just lost Avery Bradley. So it's going to be tough, tough uh, on the old LeBron, the king. They're going to replace him with JR, though. He sucks. Final thing, rapid fire. I don't want to keep beating a dead horse here, but I want to do rapid fire Memphis Grizzlies schedule, win or loss. And you're okay. both going to answer at the same time. Don't look at the schedule. Do it. I'm not looking at Put it. Put your phone down. Going, uh, my phone Daniel. is down. Never had it up the whole time. All right. Memphis Grizzlies, win or loss, Portland. Win. 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 San Antonio. Win. Win. Pelicans. Loss. Win. Ooh, we got a split decision. Utah Jazz. Wins. Ooh, we got a split decision again. Thunder. Loss. Man. Raptors. Loss. (laughs) Boston. Loss. Loss. Bucks. Win. Win. So... I don't think the Bucks are going to be playing at 100% strength in that last game. So both of you believe the Grizzlies are going 5-3 and three in this regular season. So let's hope that happens. Anything to plug before we go? Yep, I do. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Daniel Greer. Uh, something cool that's happened to me recently is I started writing, which is uh, very new to me, but something I've always kind of enjoyed. Uh, you can see that coming it's out on new Twitter. To you. It's new to you, but you've always enjoyed it. I've always enjoyed writing, but it's new to me to actually do it on a platform. Uh, so, like, and uh, tell us the platform. Keep... Tell us more about it, yeah, Danny. Tell us the platform. What is it? Is it yep, your diary? So, like, do we have to come to your house and break into your room and look under your mattress? Or like, what's yeah, the deal? So <laughs> each day I put out a new note about my diary. Uh, mm. No, it's um, it's at the lead sports media. Dot com, um, and they just changed their their name, their logo, uh, and they're wanting to go more with the lead as the main uh, thing, but they're covering all of NBA basketball. I am doing just the Grizzlies. Uh, you can follow us at uh, on, on Twitter at Grizz underscore lead, and so follow us there. My new piece will be coming out. When you hear this, it could be coming out that day or the day after. Uh, depends on how quickly Ryan can get this podcast turned around. So, but yeah, do, that is uh, all just, dependent on Cody. Oh, that is true. That is true. But yeah, if you don't mind, <laughs> click on it, read it. Uh, my first piece that's coming out is going to be about the review of the season and how kind of John Morant kind of took over the piece on where I became the Twitter troll. Um, and then kind of looking at these games where I've already done my homework and I already have my five and three schedule set kind of right about that. So kind of cool stuff, but thanks for letting me talk about that guys. Yeah, man. That's really exciting. You're welcome. It's truly a blessing that you're able to talk about anything on this podcast. (laughs) 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 I'm just kidding. We love it. Uh, Do you have anything exciting? No, the only thing that I have is follow Daniel on Twitter. Like his star is rising. Follow him. Follow the Grizz lead. Uh, they just got to like 500 followers the other day. That was a big thing they were doing. So help them out with that. And just, yeah, check it out. Daniel writes, writes good. <laughs> he write real good. <laughs> he, good. He, had, he had writ something one time. <laughs> <laughs> well, follow us at Free Basketball 3. 
I am at RD Meadows 11. Cody, where can they find you again? Uh, Cody underscore Halsey. We are, yeah. And that's Twitter. it. Well, we, uh, I do have to say that we are doing a mock draft. That should be airing in the next week or so. And it's going to be a little different than what you're used to. So hopefully you will enjoy that episode and not think it's just boring, monotonous talking into uh, empty space so be looking out for that hope you enjoy this episode tweet or dm us if you got something to say or want to ask a question or want us to talk about a certain topic but we thanks for tuning in we'll be back soon give us your reviews (laughs) 